Hi, um, welcome to And Another Thing. It's been a long time. Um, it's a podcast. This is a, po- <laughs> this is a podcast. It's by me, Penny Blackmore. Um, and it's what I do when I'm too lazy to write my goddamn newsletter. Um, it's been like six months or something since I wrote my last newsletter. Um, and the reason I kind of stopped is that I just kind of lost all confidence. <laughs> I won't lie. I was like, A, why should anyone care what I have to say? B, I d- I'm not good at saying it. And C, I don't feel good about this. So uh, luckily, I am back to feeling reasonably not terrible about myself now. And I feel the need to share some thoughts because I fucking love podcasting. I love talking. I love conversations. I love like nutting out ideas over over a nice glass of chilled water. <laughs> Jokes. I mean, I do have water, but I don't get that excited about it. Um, so instead of talking about stuff I've read, um, actually another reason I haven't written my uh, newsletter in ages is because I genuinely, I think it might've been about six months since I last like properly read an article. I have just, I save all my articles to pocket. Um, I'm putting on hand cream. I hope that's not disgusting. I think it is. Um, it's quite a squelchy sound. Um, yeah, and I've just, <laughs> I've just like my reading habits have completely changed. It's really bizarre. Like I used to save all my articles in Pocket, and I'd be like, okay, Pocket's an app, by the way. I'd be like, okay, um, you know, I, I'll struggle not to try and read all of these right away. Like I would just churn through them every single day. It was like one of my favorite pra- procrastination tools. And then I think what happened is like I actually overdosed on reality. Like I got so – I read so many things and I was trying to – I think the reason I was reading so much is because I was kind of trying to solve things in my own mind. I was like, what's wrong with the world? What could make it better? What are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. The more I know about it, the more I can maybe help to – not help to solve these problems. Obviously, I'm not in a position to solve anything, but – at least if I understand it and I see a, a path for the future, then I'll feel better. Um, but instead what happened was <laughs> I read everything on the internet and then I was like, the world is totally fucked. There's nothing that can be done to save it. And the re- <laughs> This is obviously not true, but at the time it just felt like everything I was reading was telling me the same thing, which was, politicians are insanely corrupt and so are business leaders and so there's no way for us to change anything because they have paid people to make sure things don't change um especially things like climate change and so on and so forth um so I got really not even depressed about it I just completely spiritually gave up on a better future I gave up on learning I stopped caring about anything I became completely apathetic Um, I stopped even believing in my little mission that if I can get like 20 people to read a good and important article, then that will make a difference to me. And I think, you know, I was doing that. I was getting hundreds of people to (laughs) read my newsletter. So it's like I I lost sight of hope, basically. Um, So luckily, I've kind of 
come, I haven't come full circle, um, but I definitely feel less like that. But I also have changed my level of interest in these subjects. So like, it's, it's interesting. I was telling a friend the other day that people used to, I, I used to love getting into like a heated discussion about something over dinner with, with people at a dinner party or, you know, um, over drinks or whatever. That used to be my jam. And now like, <laughs> it's funny cause now I'm known for that. And so people will try and engage me now and they're like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> cause it's like, I think the way I think about it is like, there are big issues and what happens on a day-to-day basis about those issues is pretty irrelevant most of the time. And I, I think because I, I am a big picture thinker, which sounds like I'm giving myself a huge compliment, but I, that's not the way I mean it. I'm just not detail-oriented. But I'm like, I don't care about some dumb initiative. <laughs> I care about real meaningful change. And so, like, I actually kind of have often felt like any kind of initiative is often just it's, – it's actually a trick. It's like, look, we're making progress. And it's like, no, we're actually not. We're in – we're in up to our balls in trouble. But anyway, that's a really negative way to start the show. <laughs> it seems glorious to call my show a show, but that's what it is. Um, so I kind of want to talk about instinct today um, and intuition because I had this interaction with a client last week and it was honestly like one of the most traumatizing experiences I've ever had with a client. I almost want to name the client so that nobody ever works with them again because their behavior was just so bad. And it was also, so basically they tried to, I did work for them and they tried to not pay me for it based on some contract that I'd apparently signed and some conversation that I'd apparently had saying that I was gonna do stuff for free, which if anyone knows me, that is literally something I would never do. (laughs) I'd rather die than do something for free, just joking. Um, I would only ever do something that was self-serving for free. I'm not going to do client work for free. Um, and anyway, like I, I for sure like wasn't at my best when I spoke to this client after like many email interactions. I lost it. Um, well, I didn't lose it. I was completely in control, but I was like not holding back. I was like, when you sent this email, it made me feel this way. And when you said that, it made me feel this way. And this really worries me and blah, blah, blah. And they like, and I was following, and and this is why I'm telling you this story. I was showing, I was following my intuition, which is this guy was a narcissist. He was extremely grandiose. He was, um, you know, extremely, and also I have to say, like, I'm really, Um, paranoid like when I meet someone who's extremely charming especially a man my red flags immediately go up like my uh, I get nervous right away because I see that sort of superficial charm as like evidence of someone who's going to manipulate me or fuck me over and maybe that's something you know that's not true and it's unhealthy but it's just the way it is and so this guy like really he caught me the wrong way um, and I was just like, you have to pay these invoices. Um, I, I told him I was going to speak to my lawyer. Well, I don't have a lawyer, but I would have got one. Um, and I tried to reason with him and he basically like was so rude to me. He was like, 
you know, um, <laughs> and he accused me of things that I absolutely hadn't done. And it was just the most horrifying and an upsetting experience. Like the whole thing was just awful. And afterwards I was like, oh my God, Penny, like you should have handled that better. Um, you know, you should have reacted differently. You should have given them a chance to um, kind of like fix all the things that they said. Because they said a whole series of things that rang alarm bells, but I had like, uh, yeah. So I'd taken all this stuff into account. Um, and, and the way I thought of it afterwards was like I was at fault for for listening to my intuition and, and listening to my feelings in a way. My feeling was this guy was trying to screw me over. And like when you think about it, it, it it's interesting because you're like, well, what could have I done, have done differently? Like not listen to my feelings. Is that really a practice that I want to initiate in my own life? Do I want to start noticing things and having instincts and, and believing certain things and then just ignore them because, uh, you know, I might be wrong. And in a way, I kind of realized that intuition and instincts, like in a way, you have to test them. You have to put them out there and see what happens. Um, and I'm not saying I put them out there in the right way, but you do have to test the limits of your instincts to know if they've got anything any um, legs, I guess, if they've got anything to stand on. Um, because if you sort of like start putting them out there over and over again and being like, well, my instinct tells me that this person is not trustworthy or that this person um, is very insecure or th this person wants more attention from me, then if you don't test those, then you will never know. And it's kind of like, it's, it's tied into this other concept of like how you build confidence about the person that you are. So um, I was talking to my, I have a business coach. Um, well, actually she's kind of like, she's more of a entrepreneur coach, I guess. Um, but we talk about a lot of life stuff because obviously business and life and everything else is intertwined. Um, and she said something really really interesting which I'll share with you in a second but um oh I've, I've lost my track of thought second chances oh confidence um so like it, it was funny because she was like how are you feeling and I'm like well work-wise I'm really really confident like I I find that <laughs> I find that I have a really um bizarre ability to be quite confident in my work and nothing can really shake that because at the end of the day, like, I don't expect myself to do a perfect job all the time. I know that I can deliver good work most of the time. And I also know that I will deliver sometimes, you know, 2% of the time I might deliver something that's not great. Um, so, for example, like I did a proposal for, a, uh, I, I created a proposal for one of my current clients a couple of months ago. And <laughs> I sent it to him and he was just like, this is just totally not what we wanted. And I was like, oh, okay. I misinterpreted and I see now where, where we went wrong. But like, this is genuinely what I thought you wanted. Um, so there's times like that where I fall short, but I don't really, I don't think that's a problem. Of course, I'm going to fall short sometimes, but the majority of the time I'm doing pretty good work. 
um, and I have confidence in my abilities at work. But where I fall short confidence-wise is in who I am as a person, I guess. Like I, I've spent this year kind of feeling as if my imperfections are bigger and worse than everyone else's. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I'm not feeling terrible about that right now. Like I'm kind of on the path to feeling like I'm building myself back up. But one thing that I'm trying to observe is like how is it that you build up your sense of yourself again? Not just like what you look like, not just your work, not just your achievements, not just your relationships, but like who you are as a person fundamentally. Um, And I think one of those those ways that you do it, uh, that you build that confidence in who you are, um, I think, <laughs> I'm hoping, oops, sorry, I left my WhatsApp open. Um, I'll just open my guy again, sorry. One of the ways that you do that is that you have to take chances um, and you have to sort of do strategic planned experiments. So for example, like, um, and you have to kind of put yourself out there as well, honestly, because um, I, I had this I have this great example. So my sister um, is honestly like she's the most incredible person I know. I find my sister 10 times more inspiring than I find, you know, some business mogul because my sister has done things. Um, she's overcome way more and she's now like just I, I admire her so much. So she like has gone through a lot of very, very serious health problems um, and so she basically didn't have a life from when she was about 18 till she was about 31. Um, and then she had a baby and the baby is gorgeous and perfect. And, and we're all really grateful that it's, it's healthy as well. Um, but then now she's kind of at home, she's got a baby and she's doing a science degree. She's doing pharmacology um, at, at university. And... The other day she got in touch with me, and by the way, she's doing really well. She's getting all distinctions. Um, And so I just find that so amazing. So the other day she got in touch with me and she was like, hey, can I ask you her advice? I have um, two exams in two days. I've got one on the Friday, one on the Saturday. Um, And a lot of kids in my my class are going to plan, they plan to tell the examiners that they're sick on the Saturday, so they'll They'll study for one of the exams and then they'll do the other one in four weeks. Like they'll retake the exam so that they have more time to study. And I was like, I mean, sure, that's a strategy, I guess, if you're really, really focused on getting great marks. But I don't think life is about getting great marks. (laughs) I think it's about like showing yourself that you can show up, do the two exams in two days, do the thing that's hard, not lie, not cheat, not push the exam back when you probably don't need to. And then just like you might – because if you push the exam back, you might be robbing yourself of a chance to surprise yourself. So basically the end of the story is that she did both exams in two days and she was like, oh, my God, I did I, – they both went super well. I'm so happy and now I finished the semester and I can go on holidays. And I'm like, see – when you don't take those risks sometimes, um, 
then you're robbing yourself of showing yourself who you are. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast again, even though I only did two episodes the first time. Um, because I, you know, I, I think having like a one-person podcast is perhaps like bordering on narcissistic. Um, but if I don't do this, I'm robbing myself of doing something that I really like doing. And I'm robbing myself of like potentially getting these lovely comments that I used to get back in the day on my um, both on my other podcast happy hour and on you know this one um, and I just had to kind of put myself out there you know I had to take the risk um, and another thing I'm doing to take a risk is to host a meetup by myself um, on the 1st of December I think um, which is all about sales and so on and <laughs> there was a moment where I was like what the hell am I doing organizing a meetup by myself? I don't have anyone to speak at this meetup. I have no one in my network that would be appropriate. Um, I don't want to speak myself because that feels a little bit like, oh, come and see me talk at my meetup, you know. Um, I was like, how the hell am I going to get people there? What am I going to, you know, who, how do I pay for this? And I was like, fuck it, Penny, who cares? You know, just just go for it and like, so I'm, I'm going to do it. It's, uh, I've got one speaker. So if you happen to work in business development or sales and you live in Berlin and you want to speak at an in-person meetup um, on the 1st of December, please get in touch. But the point is I wanted to do this, A, because I wanted to increase my network and B, honestly, like I really miss these experiences where you go somewhere and someone talks and you get inspired. And also, you can get inspired from even the smallest moments. Like, I love when you're sort of just mingling with people in the crowd and they tell you something and you're like, you know what, I love that. That's a really cool thing. Um, you've really sort of made my day. And I'm not talking about compliments. I'm saying like, you know, when you meet someone and they're like, oh, I quit my job but I, and I was really scared and I started a new career and, you know, it's just... It's just cool to hear those human stories about the, the adversities that people overcome and the risks that they take and the passion that they have. I think that's really nice. Um, one, okay, so do I want to talk about, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll save that one for next week. But my final little topic on this, <laughs> this one girl show, I'm just going to have a sip of water one second. Um, the final topic is the fact that I've had, I know this kind of a boring topic because I've talked about it before, but I really want to give you my observations um, after having no Instagram for 11 months and now I've got it back again. So I went back to Instagram because I wanted to promote something. I think I'm just going to use it to promote stuff, honestly. I'm not going to post anything personal on there. Um, and I just wanted to share my observations and my reflections um, on not having Instagram for 11 months because I think it's actually like some of these were really unexpected. So the first most obvious one was that I kind of stopped obsessing over how to improve my apartment. Um, like I think sitting on my couch and scrolling through Instagram and seeing all these like really beautiful homes of wealthy influencers made me feel like, uh, you know, like, oh my God, I need to do something about my backsplash and I need to like 
change the the front of my cabinets and I want to maybe do something with the you know like (laughs) maybe get some tiles and do something there and like feeling like my kitchen wasn't good enough or my bedspread wasn't good enough or the art on my walls wasn't good enough and you know what it's not fucking good enough but who cares like I'm really happy with my apartment and that was something that uh kind of came out at really obviously very fast I started sitting in my space and being like I love it here I'm happy here and like wanting more and wanting extra is unhealthy because it's so nice and good um I stopped being depressed when I saw because I like I used to follow kind of a couple of um, fashion influences not a whole lot and the thing that I didn't do like I've never followed people with perfect body I'm not a Kim Kardashian kind of girl not that I think she has a perfect body but like I don't I I'm not attracted to um well not it's not that I'm not attracted to but I'm not interested in this sort of generic beauty um I don't care about being blonde I don't care about blue eyes I don't care about a lot of those sort of typical beauty standard things um but one one thing that really I had not realized was getting to me was these like young young women who are like 25 they're fashion influencers they are honestly like a lot of them are lovely people it seems like quite self-aware about social media very genuine very authentic very unafraid to show some more some less polished photos but they are very very wealthy they're earning I I would say like 10 times what I am even though I'm earning a good salary a good income um they have these like they own houses and they own and they're like decorating their houses and so on and I'm just like that was real that was like subconsciously getting to me the idea that these very young young women had these dream homes in like dream cities and dream neighborhoods. I think that was wearing thin on my ability to get excited about my own life. Funnily enough, I have not noticed any difference in my body image and my the way I feel about my body. Since I quit Instagram, nothing changed. I still didn't like my body, made no difference looking at other people's bodies. Um, and I think it's really interesting actually because now the – the 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 conversation is very centered around like body dysmorphia and like eating just dis- well not eating disorders so much but wi- young women feeling really insecure about their bodies and so on i think it's interesting because when i was a, a teenager it was common for girls to read magazines so magazines were like instagram but you know i don't know they were actually less representative. They were much more white. They were much more thin. Like girls on in magazines are tiny. They are so tiny. And they are so beautiful. And they would be like photoshopped and, um, you know, they would interview these beautiful women and be like, what music do you listen to? As if being beautiful makes you an interesting person. Um, and so like I kind of grew up on that same diet of like horribly horribly unhealthy body standards and beauty standards but I think the difference may I maybe the difference now is that teenagers kind of they get appraised directly on their appearance with likes I think that's what the difference is I don't think the difference is that they see more bodies that they want to you know they want their body to look like that but I think that it's the fact is that, you know, like when you're a teenager, 
people will like your pictures. Oh, sorry. Well, when you're on social media and you post selfies and so on, people like your pictures. And that's like a quantifiable appraisal of how you look and how how closely you meet beauty standards. So weirdly, I'd, I, yeah, I feel exactly the same about my body right now as I did last year, which is not, you know, I'm not obsessed. <laughs> But I am very, very grateful that it, I can walk, I can use my hands, I can see, I can hear. Like, it's all working pretty good. Except, by the way, guys, I have a small skin cancer on my face. Don't tell my mom, she'll freak out. But it's totally treatable, so don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, like, sometimes it's really important to just keep in touch with the fact that, like, health is not, you know, don't take it for granted. And this is a very old woman thing to say, but, you, you know, like having your health is so meaningful. Um, I'll try and get through the others a little bit faster. So I didn't notice any difference in my overall self-esteem when I was off Instagram as opposed to when I was on it. I think actually, if anything, and, and this is a crazy thing. So when you're on Instagram... You can advertise your life to people who don't know you and who barely know you or who know you a little bit. And you can get, you can make your life look fucking awesome. You're like, look at this holiday. Look at this crystal blue water, which of course that is awesome. That's great. It's fun to go on holiday or look at this achievement or look at this selfie or look at my new sofa or whatever. And you get like a lot of, um, my neck is hurting so much because I've got the mic too low. Um, you can get a lot of like false confidence from the appreciation and the the um, display of your life to other people. So actually, when I uh, quit Instagram, I was not getting that positive feedback on my life. Like nobody could, nobody was getting excited about my holidays. Nobody was getting exciting, getting excited about you know, outfits or apartments or friends or whatever. I was not the, the other end of any FOMO, if that makes sense. Wait a minute. I was not creating any FOMO, which I had never consciously pursued. I don't care about that stuff, mostly. But when it was gone, I was like, oh, like, how do I get, how do I feel good now? <laughs> which is so sick. It's really concerning um, so I, I really struggled to start and, and actually it was an incredibly important thing to do because, uh, that is like stop posting on Instagram because it meant that, um, you know, I had to actually generate a sense of self-worth based on just myself. <laughs> um, I had to drum that up without likes, without comments, without DMs, without the photo album of a perfect life. I just had to get that myself. So that was really, it was a journey. I'll tell you what, this has been quite the year. Um, my next point about not having Instagram is that I really enjoyed not knowing what was going on in peripheral people's lives. So like when I say peripheral people, it sounds a little judgmental, but what I mean is like people that are not in my circles in Berlin or Sydney, they're just people that I used to know or used to party with or used to work with or whatever that they're not in my life anymore, but on Instagram or and, and Facebook, obviously, like they're popping up all the time. And so like when I logged back on, I was like, 
oh my god I've forgotten all of these people I'd forgotten they existed and I think that's actually really healthy to be honest to like be restricted to thinking about people in your immediate circles um instead of worrying about like what some you know I I don't think I, I don't remember doing this but I'm sure there were points where I was like you know, there was one guy that I was dating for a little while and he used to just watch all of my Instagram stories, like the minute they came out. Um, and I kind of ended up living for that a little bit. I was like, he is so keen to know what I'm doing, you know? Um, and so it's actually very healthy for me to forget that guy existed. In fact, I just remembered him literally that second. Um, next, I really, <laughs> this is going to sound brutal, but I hope you know that I'm saying this with love um, and just like a sense of like what's healthy for a person. I really enjoyed not having to put up with my friends' online personas. So when I say that, I mean, you know, I'm guilty as well of this, but like people have political opinions online. I don't want to hear them. Often they're really dumb. <laughs> um, and also like the whole sort of, uh, there's a couple of women that I know from back in Sydney who literally, <laughs> they, I feel like every six months I would be logging onto Facebook just to, sorry, uh, let me rephrase that. I every few months I'd be on Instagram and I would see one of these women posting loads of pictures of their new boyfriend um, and these chicks always had just a conveyor belt of boyfriends. But every time they had a new boyfriend, they'd post loads of pictures about this guy and talk about how this is the love of my life. And I'm like, oh, honey, no, he's not. You're going to have a new boyfriend in a few months. Like, look at your track record here. So it's kind of like the fakeness of people's online profiles. It's kind of like it makes you hate people a little bit. It makes you just want to be like, shut up. Like, I know a girl... Um, in Berlin who is like <laughs> her and I are like oil and water like we do not get along at all but she wrote <laughs> she wrote this uh, Instagram post that was like um, straight people don't have a life or style something about <laughs> why would you want a straight person's lifestyle straight people don't have lives lives or style and I was like why the fuck would you post something like that? Like, that's just, it's so clear that you're insecure about something and you're taking it out on random straight people. You know, who cares what straight people do? This is the thing, like anyone who talks too much about a group and what they do, it's just like, why do you care? Just get over it. But anyway, so I loved, I loved not seeing that stuff. Um, and I found it particularly nice to just kind of miss entire fucking you know those like cultural blow-ups that happen on sort of twitter or um or instagram and it's like oh, i just completely miss those movements um and finally sorry about this really long rant about why what i did and didn't like about not having instagram but i loved not having to post so i went to greece and mallorca and edinburgh this year um, in different sort of uh, on different trips and it was so crazy like when I went to Greece it was my first holiday in literally seven years or something when I hadn't had Instagram and at first I was like oh this is kind of weird like and then I realized 
it was so sad. Like I got to the end of the day on the first day and I was like, oh my God, like normally right now at the restaurant before, you know, while we're having a drink and like reading the menu and before we order our food, that's usually when I would be spending like a good 15 minutes trying to find the pictures that I liked from the day, think up a funny caption, post them in a good order and upload them on inst- onto Instagram. And I realized how much of my time that I got back on that holiday, just not having to fucking post on Instagram. So that was like a whole thing. Um, and the boundaries that I've drawn for myself now, and these are going to sound really harsh, but again, like it's all about like, I'm going to set really strong boundaries on Instagram now. And then if I find that I'm, I feel like easing them up and I'm feeling really good about it, then I can ease them up, etc. But first of all, I've hidden almost and muted almost everyone I know. <laughs> I haven't unfollowed, but I'm just going to ease back into the people I know content because that's actually for me worse than the people I don't know. So right now I'm just following like a couple of dogs, a couple of cute families, um, and some good insta- uh, good interiors accounts, maybe a couple of fashion bloggers. So like just stuff that I feel like it's so far away from my life um, that it doesn't affect me in any way. Um, and the second thing is I'm not going to post on my feed anymore, I don't think. And when I do, I'll probably get someone to sort of like get someone like that I hire. I've got a, a paid intern at the moment. Um to post and react and comment for me so that I'm not kind of getting involved with the, the whole like like and comment contest. So yeah, I hope that wasn't dreadfully boring. Um, I'm going to record another episode like probably very soon. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining me. I hope that you join me again. And if you like this show... Could you please recommend it to a friend? That would be my most, um, my biggest request, my number one request. Just like let someone know um, what I'm all about. Okay, thanks. Bye.